Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's happening. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Cunning for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning. Capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Ten o'clock, good morning, Richmond. Michael Phillips, MP on the mic. 910 The Fan, 1051 FM, live worldwide on the free Odyssey App busy day in the world of sports. Uh, not a busy night tonight on the court. Only game of note: Virginia Tech up at Syracuse. The Virginia Tech men uh, tournament hopes fading. Uh, that's probably the generous way to put it. I, I they could win their last four, and I guess we'd have a discussion. But uh, it certainly starts tonight at Syracuse if they're going to enter that discussion. Everybody else. On the court tomorrow night, including a 6.30 tip for VCU at Rhode Island at the Siegel Center. A little, uh, little early bird special out there at the Stew as the Rams take on the Rams. Uh, it's an eventful morning at Odyssey. Uh, Hazel's here running the ones and the twos. Um, they're jackhammering something right behind our studio. It's a, a, a weird uh, bit of a situation here. I, I don't think you'll be able to hear the jackhammering because I, I don't hear it so much as I feel it. In your bones. In my bones. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, we're, we're doing this. Remember the, the N64, the rumble pack? You would like shake your remote. Mm-hmm. Our, the, the whole studio <laughs> is a rumble pack this yeah. morning. Oh, we're uh, we're not just we're not just trying to do a show. We're trying to survive, I guess, as well. It's uh it's a good theme, Survive. Huh? Fun added twist. It, it, it is. We'll talk about Survivor later. I, I promised AWOD during yesterday's AWOD radio, uh, 12 to 3, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM Worldwide on the Free Odyssey app, that I would watch an episode of Survivor for the first time uh, this week, I believe. Uh, we'll check in with him on the exact detail. It apparently airs during the VCU game. So I said I'm not, oh. I'm not staying home from the VCU game. To watch an episode of Survivor. That's what DVRs are for. Uh, but I will I will watch an episode of Survivor at some point this week and, and weigh in on, on it. Uh, AWOD tomorrow is going back to school. He'll do his show live from the Commons at VCU, uh, right between the library and the, the lunch area. You know the area Ooh, well. exciting. There you go. Um, he'll have uh, all, the, all the coaches on. Beth O'Boyle, the headliner, women's basketball coach. The, the Rams are flying high right now, but the golf coach, the tennis coach, oh. all, all the coaches. Awesome. Uh, Spirit Squad will be there. Giveaways. Um, I'm dropping by for whatever that matters. Uh, AWAN back to school tomorrow All right. on the fan. A uh, little breaking news before we get to the main story, which is uh, A-10 action. Uh, JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod uh, former JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod is transferring to Texas State. Uh, he was the Duke starter this year, and and this was had been in the cards from the get go. He did not follow Kurt Signetti to Indiana. Uh, they brought in Dylan Morris. He was the backup at the University of Washington last year. He's transferring in. He is the presumed 
JMU starter next year at quarterback. Uh, I don't think it's a reach to say that. You're the backup for uh, Michael Penix on a team that made the national title game that uh, you'll you'll come in and be the presumed starter. But uh, Jordan McLeod finds his landing spot. This is going to be his fourth college. Uh, Started at South Florida, went to Arizona, uh, now JMU, and he's off to Texas State. Well, uh, that's three of the four time zones right there. That's that's an impressive, impressive collegiate career. Uh, Florida, Arizona, Virginia, Texas. That's that's a touch them all of, of big states too. You're just missing California there, and you, and you got the uh, got the set. But a landing spot for Jordan McLeod, who will play college football next year at Texas State. All right, this morning's main story, you saw it yesterday, I'm sure. Uh, UMass, the University of Massachusetts, is leaving the Atlantic 10 Conference. They are moving to the MAC, uh, which used to be primarily Midwest schools. Um, Names don't mean anything anymore. Uh, The MAC has Buffalo in it, a lot of other schools. The letters stand for Mid-American Conference, uh, which Massachusetts is, last time I checked, not mid-American by, by any charitable reading of a map. Uh, Amherst is at least further west than Boston. Uh, so, so you know, at least UMass isn't on the coast, literally. But it's shouting distance from it. So UMass is joining the MAC, the Mid-American Conference. I just thought it was interesting that this happened uh, on the same day Jeff Jones retired. At Old Dominion, Jeff Jones, longtime basketball coach. You know him, of course, was at UVA, had a great run there, uh, winning as coach in American University history, and then headed over to Old Dominion, where he oversaw the program there uh, and announced his retirement yesterday. More than 500 career wins, distinguished career. But Jeff Jones's tenure at Old Dominion was defined not by, you know, his success on the field, but Old Dominion's quest for a football program and they started the football program and they moved from the CAA from playing VCU, JMU, George Mason every year. They switched to Conference USA where all of a sudden you're playing against Texas San Antonio and and, and other schools of that nature which really kneecapped the basketball program to a large extent. Uh, And it feels like that's what UMass is doing here. They're chasing big time football. Everybody wants to play big time football. I get that. Uh, but in the process, it sure feels like they're kneecapping a storied basketball brand. Uh, Marcus Camby, I mean, UMass basketball is is, is a name that goes back, and uh, I certainly uh, think they've got it going right now. They had a nice win over VCU the other night. Uh, it, they, they have good players. They've had good players historically. They've had very relevant teams historically. Um, you wonder if they can sustain that. Frank Martin, their coach right now, who, of course, has had a ton of success, Kansas State and South Carolina. Um, you wonder if they'll be able to sustain that success when you're trying to sell basketball recruits instead of, hey, you want to go play in Philly and New York and against St. Joseph's and against VCU and, and Dayton. Hey, do you want to go play against Troy and Marshall and... Buffalo. Buffalo on a Tuesday night. How's it sound? Wait, wait, don't, don't come back. Did I mention it's in February? No, oh, they're gone. They're gone already. They're gone. Uh, I don't I don't see how this could possibly lift the basketball program in any way. Now, what what's crazy is I, I spent a few minutes on UMass Twitter yesterday. I don't do that often, but I was in there, and they were saying this has to be done. This move has to be done. Because everybody sees VCU and Dayton are going to leave in the next few years, and there's going to be no A10 left. Um, now the rumors around VCU fly about every seven minutes. VCU's going to the Big East. VCU's going to the American. Dayton's going to those places. <clears throat> I don't look. There, there's rumors are rumors until they're truth. Um, I just don't see it. Uh, I I don't see why the Big East would add to. A really good product. I don't. I don't think they get value out of adding VCU and Dayton at this point. I think they're they're what they need to be. They're a, they're a solid conference. I don't think VC, I don't think VCU or Dayton take a step forward by joining the American. He, he, they're, that's a that's a two bid league most years. Uh, there are good teams, but I I don't think on the whole there's anything to be gained by joining a conference that's more geographically diverse. Uh, and less, you know, less organized, 
sure it's it's a little bit better. Um, but who's who's can you name an American team this year that's making any amount of noise? I guess Florida Atlantic had a nice nice early season. Let's look this up. Florida Atlantic is twenty one and seven this year, and that is the best the best team by the Ken Palm rankings in the American division. Memphis was supposed to be good. They're not good. Uh, they the, the wheels are falling off in Memphis. I, I get the outside talk of everybody's always looking to do a little better. Everybody's always looking to find a better conference, find a better landing spot. I just don't think this is the start of any domino effect. I don't think they know something we, we don't know. I don't think Dayton's going anywhere. I don't think VCU's going anywhere. I don't think the Big East is looking... And I don't think the American makes sense. I think the A-10 is going to be a two-bid league this year. Dayton's going to make it. And whoever wins in Brooklyn's going to make it. Uh, that could be the Spiders. Could be the Rams. Could be St. Bonaventure. There's a wide-open league this year. But it's a two-bid league. And I'm not sold that the American offers all that much more. Now, if the Big East calls tomorrow, you pick up the phone. You're, you're running to the Big East. That's a primo basketball conference. You want to be there. I don't think the Big East wants VCU or Dayton. They're doing just fine. People are watching on TV. Numbers are good. They're at the Garden. They're doing their thing. I don't think there's anything the Big East stands to gain by making that call uh, and bringing in VCU and Dayton. We'll see. You know, uh, I I just I can't imagine UMass is the first mover here based on them knowing things that we don't know. But it shows. It shows that the rumors can create truth. I think. VCU to the Big East was never anything more than a rumor. But it made UMass move conferences. Uh, they're they're trying to proactively react to something that may or may not happen. Uh, and, you know, it's it's for UMass basketball, I think it's a rough day. Uh, they needed the A-10 more than the A-10 needed UMass. Uh, same with Old Dominion. Old Dominion needed to play VCU and James Madison more than those guys needed them. And I'd welcome them back in a heartbeat. But they're a football school now. And UMass is trying to be a football school now. Everybody wants to be a football school. Sometimes you got to just be happy with what you got. I I don't need VCU to have a football team. The basketball's fun. They're good. Uh, uh, what was it TLC sent? Don't go chasing waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Don't go chasing waterfalls. That's you, right. you got it good. What and is it? Get just what to, you get. Don't throw a fit. Uh, get what you get. Don't throw a fit. There you go. Okay. There's a good pull, too. I love it. I love it. Um, the The other part of this is, you know, this is, this is the start of the end of the Atlantic 10. No, it's not. The A-10 will be fine. Uh, I do hope they stand pat at 14, though. The immediate rumor yesterday was maybe the Car- College of Charleston will join. Maybe they'll go poach somebody. I don't think they need to. I think they're good to stand pat here. I think they're good to stick with what they've got as a conference. Um, I think the ACC is probably a cautionary tale here. They made a panic move last year amid all the rumors. They added Cal and Stanford and SMU, and they're going to pay the price for that for a while. They thought, you know, maybe Flo- maybe they knew, maybe they thought Florida State, Clemson, their buddies, had enough teams to dissolve the conference. Right, we'll remind you, you can't leave the ACC. They're all, they're all bound together through the 2030s. You can't leave the ACC, but if a majority of the ACC votes to dissolve the conference... It disappears. And so that's what Florida State and Clemson were, you know, saber-rattling about last year. It, it, it was a panic move. They added Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Great. That's, those were all vote. Those schools would never vote to dissolve the, the ACC. It was never going to happen, though. Don't make a panic move, A-10. You're good. It's good basketball. It's been a good season. Uh, UMass is the loser far more than VCU is the loser here. Um, but they're, they're, they needed a home for the football program. They were football independent. Down to two football independents now. Uh, schools that don't have a conference. Notre Dame and Connecticut. Uh, Got to wonder where Connecticut lands if they do soon. Liberty finally found their home this year. Uh, it's, it's tough out there as an independent. Um, and we, haven't even, I mean, we haven't even talked about the NCAA ruling on name, image, and likeness over the weekend, which I don't think was a huge deal. We'll maybe dive into that later in the show. All right, we're off and running. Speaking of college football, uh, college sports overall, David Teal joins us at 11. He knows everything about everything. Uh, Russell Wilson broke his silence yesterday. We'll play those clips at 1030. Lots of speculation going on as the NFL Combine starts. Uh, And Peter King 
longtime NFL reporter, retired. Uh, I told Zach McHugh, uh, was they want to call him the voice of God, Zach McHugh, told him my Peter King story yesterday. So you got to tell that one on the air. So I'll tell that one on the air. We'll be back after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 1051 FM. Back out on a Tuesday morning, 1019, in the beautiful city of Richmond, Virginia. Michael Phillips, MP, on the mic. If you miss any part of today's program, grab it on all major podcast platforms. Just search MP on the mic. 11 o'clock this morning, David Teal joins us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Busy few days for David Teal. He was at UVA, North Carolina, uh, watching... Uh, a few baskets get made. Uh, not many, just a few, just just the right number. Uh, then he was down at Blacksburg for the Virginia Tech women's basketball game, senior day, a big, big sellout crowd there. They smoked North Carolina. And uh, yesterday at Jeff Jones's retirement in Norfolk at Old Dominion. So making the, uh, the Tour de Virginia right there. We'll ask him about that and more. Lots going on in the world of college sports. We took on UMass going to the A-10 in the first segment of today's show phone lines belong to you 833-804-0910 if you'd like to join at any point during today's program uh so peter king made a lot of news yesterday a uh, longtime nfl reporter of course he uh wrote his retirement column he's leaving from what was for a long time monday morning quarterback at sports illustrated and then football morning in america at nbc uh and he was kind of the voice of a generation of football fans. I remember grabbing Sports Illustrated, reading the reading that cover to cover every week, but Peter King was always in there doing his thing. Awad's here. What's up, Awad? Just in time. Uh, Peter King wrote in his retirement column, and this wasn't the point of the column, but it was a little aside. He said, I expect the Chicago Bears to trade twice in the first round. Um, not just one hammer there. I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. Uh, when Peter King tells you which way the wind is blowing, listen to which way the wind is blowing. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're bringing this up. I was on the phone with Linnell last night for yeah. like 30 minutes talking about this exact article. I mean, like, that's... It, remember when Mike Silver would do the casual, like, ah, what I think will happen is... <laughs> and, th- and then it, it would happen exactly like that? Sure feels like... And, you know, Peter King's not going to be like... They're going to trade the pick to the Atlanta Falcons on March 14th. You know, like, he's he not going to do that number. But Peter King's uh, Peter King's making some news here. I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. Uh, the Bears could keep Justin Fields, parentheses, and should, and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. I ask you, Adam Epstein, host of AWOD Radio, 12 to 3 on 910 The Fan, 1051 FM, live worldwide on the Odyssey app. If they were to trade twice, which team would the first trade be with? I have no idea. It's got to be the Commanders. Yeah. That, that's the only double jump oh, here. If, I, when, I, when I read Peter King, I said, I'm getting exactly what I want. That, I'm getting Caleb Williams. That's a double jump right there, for sure. Because if you trade with the Falcons or even the Patriots, like you're trading down to get whoever you want, Joe Alt, Marvin Harrison Jr., whoever it is. But if you're trading with the Commanders to two and you're keeping Justin Fields, you also don't need number two. Right. Because number two is going to be a quarterback as well. And when Washington moves up and takes Caleb, all of a sudden people are going to be on the phone saying, all right, now we need to move up to number two to get Drake May. It's like... Uh, it's like a domino effect almost. Two, two's a valuable pick because it's the only one where you're guaranteed your guy, right? So if you decide your guy is May and Jaden Daniels goes at two, you can get aggressive and come up to three, but you can't be guaranteed that if you go up to three, you're going to get Jaden Daniels. He, right. might, he might go at two, and especially if Chicago's holding the pick and dealing it, they could deal it to anybody. Doesn't even matter who they like at that point. It could be anybody. That, I'll say this. I'm not I'm not there yet that it's going to happen. But that's the first thing I've read that makes me say, this could happen. There's a chance this could happen, that the commanders could trade up to get Caleb Williams. I still don't think they get that done without offering a future first-round pick, though. And that's scary to me because I don't think even with Caleb Williams you're good next year. Uh, I think I think your ne- I think your twenty five first rounder could potentially be 
10 to 15 range. A the good Cincinnati pick. Bengals were not good the first year they drafted Joe Burrow. Exactly. But that second year. Exactly. To the Super Bowl. That's why I don't want to give up a first-round pick after Caleb Williams' first year. Because I, I worry that could be a, a decent pick. Not, not a top-five pick. Like, I don't think they're going top five or anything. But that could be pick 12. If they finish 7-10, and 8-9 and nine with optimism, you could still be picking 10 to 12 in the draft. You're going to want that. You're, you're going to want that down the road. I, st- I still think it's more unlikely than likely. But I was intrigued by it because Peter King knows his stuff. A, a double trade to me, only one team you're doing a double trade with. And that's the Washington Commanders if you're double jumping. All right, Peter King. Uh, we were at the Greenbrier Resort. Uh, West Virginia. Y'all know the Greenbrier. It's it's the really fancy like hotel out there. The New England Patriots were there for training camp. Uh, the peak of Tom Brady era, big deal. Uh, the Houston Texans were also there doing their training camp, also a big deal. Um, so a lot of lot, like a lot of big name people were there. Um, so I'm I'm just you know a little old sports journalist guy. Um, I'm there. Isabel Kershuti and she was at the Washington Post uh, doing sports forever. She carpooled out with me. We, we were both staying at the Holiday Inn Express. Um, Sarah Sarah Barshop, I forget her her former name. She covers the Texans for ESPN. She's with us too. We got a little traveling party. We're all at the Holiday Inn Express because you can't afford the Greenbrier when Tom Brady's there. That's out. <laughs> Um, we're hanging out in the Greenbrier, and Peter King comes over uh, and, and some of his gang, and, and we're, all, we're all having drinks. It's a good time. And um, at 8 o'clock, the bar closes in the Greenbrier. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a reason. And the reason is there's only one bar open in, like, the whole town after 8 p.m., and it's in the casino at the Greenbrier. Nice. So they close the lobby bar down to send you to the casino. Because they, they, need, they need the action down there for obvious financial reasons. <laughs> so they, they, they shut things down. We go down there. Um, they ask for our room keys. Well, we don't have room keys. We're at the Holiday Inn Express. I'm sorry. The casino is only for guests of the Greenbrier. And Peter King goes, ah, these guys are with me. They're good. Which, I mean, yeah. Like, that's what my face looked like. Like, <laughs> man, Peter King says I'm with him. We're good. Yeah. To which the bouncer says... Absolutely not. They need their own room keys. <laughs> to which Peter King, I mean, who is apparently as good a guy as everybody says, because he was to me, takes us all to the front desk, gets like seven room keys printed out for his room, and we all go back down to the casino together. Wow. Right? All-time good guy. All-time good guy. Yeah. I mean, no reason he needed to do that. It goes up, gets us all room keys, gets back in. The bouncer, you know, all right, great. Points to Isabel, you still can't come in. <laughs> and then points to me, yeah, you can't come in either. Oh, whoa. Oh, okay, what's going on? There's a dress code in the casino. It's jackets mandatory. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I was I was probably wearing this, like, you know, just a work shirt, you know, button up. You know, I, I don't look like a slob. No, you never look like a slob. Thank you, I appreciate yes. that. The, all um, the newspaper guys I'm, never look like slobs. I'm going to throw Izzy under the bus because uh, she's in Ukraine now and can't do anything about it. <laughs> um, she looked like a slob. She, she was wearing, like, the cut-off jeans and a T-shirt or whatever. Um, but he said, all right, you can't come in without jackets, uh, but we have loners. <laughs> I love that. That's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm bit. I'm all take, on board. Takes us to the closet, opens it up. They're all like size 44, ugliest color available, men's jackets. And so we, we put on, you know, the little guy in a big coat. Uh, you know, we all put on our jackets. We go marching back in, showing our Peter King room keys. And we get into the casino at the Greenbrier and, and have some drinks, have a lovely evening. Uh, and I, I will not forget that uh, that jacket. I I took a very nice, very, very strong shower uh, that that evening <laughs> after, after wearing the Greenbrier loner jacket. <laughs> Peter King, good guy. Put him, put him on the list. All time good guy. All right. Uh, speaking of NFL, Russell Wilson broke his silence yesterday. Uh, spoke about his situation in Denver. What's next for him? We have the clips. We will play them on the other side of this. You're listening to Nine Ten The Fan now, one hundred five one FM. You're listening to MP on the mic. It's 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM. I can do it, too. I can do it just as well as Voice of Bob can do it. Voice of Bob can't do anything I can't do, except do the thing with his voice. That's amazing. Uh, this is MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, live worldwide 
on the free Odyssey app. It's a Tuesday morning, 1031 in Richmond, Virginia. Richmond's own Russell Wilson finally broke his silence yesterday uh, after a wild end of the season with the Denver Broncos where the allegation was that Coach Sean Payton said he was going to bench Russell midway through the season if he didn't change his contract to remove his injury guarantees. Uh, and if, if you're forgetting this story or not remembering this story and you're thinking, well, he can't do that, that's illegal. Yeah, of course, you're right. That's definitely illegal. He signed a contract. You're not allowed to blackmail and strong arm him into changing the contract midway because you don't like the contract and you weren't there when it was signed. That's definitely not how contracts work. Uh, here is Russell Wilson yesterday on the I Am Athlete podcast uh, addressing what happened midway through the season in Denver. And so we beat Green Bay, Kansas City. We beat them. And uh, as you mentioned, that's when, as you mentioned earlier, that's when I got that call and I was like, I'm confused what's going on. And I didn't believe it at first. I was like, this, this can't be real. And I got that call that, hey, we're going to bench you for the next nine games if you, know, you don't change your injury guarantee. So for me... But, but be clear here, they, it's, it's not, they don't want to bench you because of play. They're saying they're benching you because they want you to take out the injury guarantee. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they want to re- push back my injury guarantee and remove it for that the rest of the year so that way if I get injured, that they don't have to pay it. Which is insane for a professional football player, of course, because injuries are very much a part of the job. And, uh, I mean, Alex Smith, where would he be without injury guarantees? So he'd have a lot less money right now. That's part of the gig. You play well so that you can earn those guarantees. And uh, it's insane that that came after the win over the Chiefs, too, which was the high watermark of the Broncos' season. Thursday night football, Amazon win over the Kansas City Chiefs, who were, you know, at the time struggling, but... Still the Kansas City Chiefs, still defending Super Bowl champions. They ended up doing all right this year. It's still a big win for Russell Wilson. To bring him in after that game, as Russ alleges, that we're benching you the rest of the way if you don't change your contract, which feels like such an empty bluff. There's no way any coach, even one as irresponsible as Sean Payton, would actually bench the star quarterback after a big win on Thursday night football. Had to have been a bluff the whole way. And sure enough, I mean, Russ didn't change his contract, and they played him the rest of the way. Uh, here's here's more from Russell Wilson on uh, what went down in Denver. I didn't want to set a, a precedent for players to remove their injury guarantees, too, as well. And so it, it, it was it was no way I was going to do that. And so when they said that hey, we're, we're going to bench you, we're going to bench you, I said, all right, that, that's what you want to do. Bro, that's like extortion. Uh, how, like, you got the NFL PA involved attorneys involved like obviously well, like, I, I didn't want to but then then they kept saying it all the way throughout the week so then you know my agent talked to the NFLPA the NFLPA called me they asked you know and then they, they talked to the NFL the NFL was like this can't you can't this is illegal you can't do this and so then you know all the way throughout Saturday so I was just like sitting here I didn't know if I was going to play the following week we had Monday night football against the Buffalo Bills the following week so I'm like am I going to play am I not like and that uncertainty obviously messes him up as a quarterback too, right? You, he's dealing with things that aren't football all week. He doesn't know if they're going to play him, not play him. Leave it to Sean Payton to somehow make Russell Wilson the good guy here. Uh, Russell Wilson leaves Seattle. I think we can all agree, you know, and, and there's lots of Russell Wilson fans listening, I know, pride of Richmond and, and certainly, you know, represents the city. Uh, he was the bad guy coming out of Seattle. It's hard to see that any other way as then he strong-armed his way out of Seattle because they didn't let him have what Tom Brady had, what Aaron Rodgers got, you know, full control over things and the say, which, by the way, was absolutely correct of them, by the way, and Geno Smith showed that, right, by bouncing back and, and taking that offense and winning nine games with them. Russell Wilson was the bad guy coming out of Seattle. Russell Wilson isn't the bad guy now. Sean Payton's the bad guy. And Sean Payton hasn't been helping his own cause either. This wasn't yesterday. This was a couple of weeks ago. Sean Payton did not know when to put his fist in his mouth and stop talking, right? You remember the preseason? He's yapping about, you know, Russ needs to quit kissing babies. And Nathaniel Hackett did the worst coaching job in the history of football. And we're going to put a wristband on Russ because he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he has not learned to stop talking. Here's Sean Payton. I can't replace the entire offensive line i can't bring in five new receivers and and, it, and if it continues over a period of time then 
there'll be another guy here talking to you as well. I, it, it, this this is something that you know these are difficult decisions, and obviously there's more attention when it's the quarterback who's who's under contract, but different than maybe you know earlier decisions we've made with maybe last year's prior starters. Uh, I can just assure you one thing, and, and honestly, and, and I've said this to Greg and George a number of times, I'm just interested in winning. I'm so sure you're just interested in winning. That's why you're running out Russell Wilson and his guarantees out of town. Ta- These are all things you should have thought about before you took a job where Russell Wilson was signed to a guaranteed long-term contract. These are all things you should have thought about before you agreed to be coach of the Denver Broncos. You remember back then he was writing about the new commander's owners have offered me the job. I don't know know if I'll tell. Like just undermining Ron Rivera along the way. This guy has burned more bridges in the last 12 months than you would think humanly possible in the NFL. Like he's become the bad guy of NFL coaches. I can't replace the whole offensive line and, and all the wide receivers. So what do you want me to do? I have to replace my quarterback. I this is insane to me. I at some point ownership's got to step in here, right? I know Peyton's guaranteed a big pile of money, but at some point ownership's got to step in and say, "Look, figure it out with this guy or we're going to have to move on and cut you a check and cut our losses here." Now, Russell has to be cut before the league year starts. So we're in a we're in a two-week window here where if Russell Wilson isn't cut, his contract will guarantee for another season, essentially locking him in through 24 and into 25 with with the with the Broncos. So the he's got to he's got to be cut by March 15th, which is about 2 weeks away. Otherwise his contract guarantees. I would assume the Broncos will wait until the very last second to do that because it's Sean Payton and he's very clear he wants to be petty about this. But at the same time, you you wonder if if somebody in that organization would say, "Hang on, he's Russell freaking Wilson." Like I get that he's not at the peak of his powers, but what is your plan here that's better than this? Wait, Sean Payton d- does not have a better plan than Russell Wilson for next year. I can promise you that. Unless he's got Kirk Cousins in his back pocket. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is playing for this dude. What What are we doing here? By the way, I was on uh, Craig Hoffman's show yesterday. He said, what do you think of Russell Wilson or uh, Kirk Cousins to D.C.? I say that it just it's such a non-starter. It's such a non like, why would Kirk come to D.C.? If for any reason whatsoever, other than they have a ton of money, they have the most money, they could throw that at him. I just—it's such a non-starter to me. I, I just—I could not see Kirk Cousins agreeing to a free agent contract and coming back here. And you, you know, if they did, you would trade number two down, obviously, or you'd take Marvin Harrison Jr. You do whatever you do. I just don't see how that fits with Adam Peters' plan of long-term sustainable success. Entertaining the idea of Kirk Cousins coming. I think Cousins probably ends up back in Minnesota. I think that makes the most sense for both sides. Um, before the Niners made the Super Bowl, I thought he was going to end up with Kyle Shanahan. Because Kyle Shanahan needs a Kirk Cousins. Then Brock Purdy kind of caught fire towards the end of the year. I don't think that's going to happen as much anymore. But uh, Russell Wilson, he's going to find a landing spot. And by the way, because of the way the Broncos contract is situated, he won't actually make any more money next year than he would if he was playing for the Broncos. So his contract has offsets, which says for every dollar he gets paid next year somewhere else, the Broncos don't have to pay him that dollar that they owed him for 24. So Russ doesn't even have to sign a big money contract. He can go play for the minimum somewhere and stick it to the Broncos for an entire year. So Russ becomes immediately the number one guy you want as your quarterback next year on a one-year, you know, whatever his minimum is, probably $1.1 million. You, you're going to get Russ for a year trying to prove himself for, for $1.1 million? Yeah, my hand's up. Yes, please. I, everybody's going to want that. And he's the good guy all of a sudden now, too. And you can introduce him in good faith. And you could say, hey, here's Russell Wilson. And he's the guy Sean Payton ran out. Yeah, Sean Payton, he's such a bad guy. Can't believe Sean Payton did that to Russell Wilson. It, image rehab is underway for Russell Wilson. He'll, he'll figure this out. I'm not worried about him. All right, one more segment. Uh, top of the hour, 11 o'clock. David Teal joins us. He'll talk all things college sports. If you missed us talking about uh, UMass to the MAC, yesterday's big college realignment news, grab the Odyssey app. It's free. It's got the rewind button. You can check in on that. Only one basketball game tonight. Uh, Virginia Tech at Syracuse. Hokies uh, well outside the bubble. Hard to see them doing it without uh, without rolling off uh, a four-game win streak and then making some noise 
up there in D.C. We'll be in D.C. Thanks to our friends at Cowan Gates. Looking forward to a great week of ACC tournament coverage while our guy Awad is up in Brooklyn with the A-10. It's going to be a really fun march. I keep saying that, but I believe that for sure. Uh, David Teal up at top of the hour. He's at the Tech women's game. We'll ask him about that. Uh, Roy Hibbert had some nice things to say about VCU. We'll play that in the 11 o'clock hour. The show marches on after this. You're listening to MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Hour number two, MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM worldwide. On the free Odyssey app, fantastic first hour. We'll do our best to top it in hour number two. We might might just be able to. I'm back. I'm back to being cold again, though, Hazel. I I came in here. I was freezing in this studio this morning. We had a momentary reprieve. Um, and it's back to being freezing cold again. It feels like um, the Superdome in New Orleans. The uh, the press box is directly under the air conditioning vent. Mm. So the air conditioning vent just blows on you for three straight hours during the game. You have to, like, wear winter clothes to cover a game there. <laughs> Feels like we're in the Superdome today. The room hasn't shaken yet, so that's that's a step in the right direction. Um, so we'll, we'll take the wins where we can get the wins. Uh, we'll dial up David Teal here in a second, hear from him on college sports. Uh, so slow night tonight. Virginia Tech takes on Syracuse tonight. Road game for the Hokies. Uh, setting the table for tomorrow, uh, 6.30, a little uh, little early bird special out there at the Stew. I'll make sure uh, make sure our guy Zach Joaquin gets woken up in time to get out there for the 6.30 tip. Uh, Zach was on the show yesterday. If you missed it, grab it on all major pl- podcast platforms, MP. On the mic, always love getting Zach's eyes. We dove into uh, a fun side topic at the end, uh, which was uh, what what's Max Shulga going to do next year, which isn't the most pressing topic right now, but is a really good topic. We'll revisit that later in the show uh, with Adam. But uh, I, I'm he's going to have a ton of options, and I think all of them are super intriguing, right? He could stay at VCU, uh, and I think he could do very well at VCU. I think he'll be on the All-A-10 team this year. He'll probably have second-round NBA draft grade, overseas money waiting for him, all sorts of different options for Max Shulga, what he does next year. Uh, so if you missed that chat, grab it on the free Odyssey app. Uh, 11 o'clock here on a Tuesday morning. Uh, thrilled to welcome in a uh, friend of the program, friend to all, uh, David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com. Good morning, David. Michael, good morning. I have a very pressing question for you. <laughs> all right. Did you ever storm the court at Allen Fieldhouse? Oh my gosh, that would be so. Not only would that be expressly forbidden, there was there was a game, the Kevin Durant game, when Kevin Durant was at Texas. They oh. were they were ranked higher than than we were. I used the we. It's not we anymore, but I was a student at the time, so it was a we then. And um, yes. the, after after Kansas won, very dramatic finish. Dick Vitale was there, kind of the peak of Dick Vitale, and Dickie V actually came running over to the student section and like waving everybody down, like you did it. Come on, baby, let's go. And um, <laughs> I like three or four kids ran out, and they were like. They were actually like not booed, but like everybody yelled like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. "Get back in the stands! We we don't do that here." Um, but it, I'm not anti court storming by any stretch. Um, the other court storm I remember remember when JMU and this was like when when Brady was like on the verge of getting fired somehow rolled off four wins in four days in Richmond to win the CAA tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was I had friends who were JMU grads, and I wasn't covering the game that night. They said, come with us. So I ended up in the JMU student section, ended up on the court at the Richmond Coliseum after JMU uh, clinched the CAA title. That's my court storm. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, do, you, do, you have a, do you have a solution or a proposal or, or a thought? I, Michael, I'm not anti-court storming either, but you, you at Wake Forest fumbled it so badly Saturday, you have to get those young people off the court right away and, and keep your students off the floor for at least you know give them 30 seconds it's not like they need that much time the, yeah. the, the, the tunnel there at Joel Coliseum is right next to the opposing bench it's a really easy escape hatch to, to not have figured this out ahead of time 
is just really negligent. I, I agree. This didn't come out of nowhere. Like the, the, You could have right. seen this coming the whole way. It, it reminded me, uh, I was at UVA when they beat Duke, and remember the RMC team, they had, a, they had a plan, they executed the plan, they got the Duke guys in the bubble, but the plan was to let the students come out from behind the bench and then let Duke go to the locker room, and uh, our, our guy Kay was a little salty about that that day. I remember that, but they had a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also, I, I gave my, like, old man yells at a cloud take yesterday which is look at all those kids holding up cell phones and the Caitlin Clark one too the guy who ran into Caitlin Clark he, he's mm-hmm. not celebrating the team he's he's making video content like it's yeah. you put down the phone live in the moment I think that would fix a lot of things too but that's yes. not gonna happen. Well, Michael where it, where it gets a little dicier is football yes because it's just I know it's a larger space, but there are so many more people, so many more athletes, coaches, support staff to get off the field, and so many more fans getting on the field. It's, uh, you know, there there is a solution here that's probably in the middle and that hopefully somebody comes up with, but uh, the solution is not uh, just let everybody do whatever they want because uh, that, that did not work out well uh, this week yeah. at all. Yeah, uh, David Teal, you had a uh, you had a weekend. Um, can, can we just can we, let's play this in order here? Um, give give me this UVA. If they let's let's call it handle their business right. Beat beat Boston College and beat Georgia Tech, but don't beat Duke in Cameron. Okay. Um, right. Do you think there is that enough? Uh, can they coast in? Host is an interesting word, Michael. <laughs> uh, my strong suspicion is they would be in. As with all these conversations, much depends on what happens elsewhere around the country. You know, do, do we have bid thieves in, in, in other conferences where otherwise there would not be at-large selection, say, like the Missouri Valley, if an Indiana State were to falter in the conference tournament? Um, so things such as that, but I would I would think that thirteen and seven in the league, and with you know a really nice quad one non conference victory over Florida, uh, and having beaten Texas A and M at JPJ, I, I think Virginia would most likely be in the NCAA bracket. I, I agree, and I, I think it probably what they did in the early season helps them weather that storm now. But uh, it's it'll be it'll be interesting. I'll be I'll be excited to see you up in DC. Uh, we'll be up there for the tournament. I, I know you're not going to miss the ACC tournament. It's going to be a going to be a fun couple couple days of basketball there as as we sort out that quarterfinal night's going to have some really good basketball. Yes, it will, and there will be some teams as is often the case fighting for their NCAA lives. And there will be some teams that will that will lurk and be dangerous. And one that comes to my mind is Syracuse. Because mm. that bunch can score, and they're playing well right now. And you know, they get the Hokies tonight, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, tech at Syracuse tonight, yep. Mm-hmm. That. But uh, so now watch him go face plant tonight. <laughs> I, I would not want to see Syracuse in DC. It's uh, Syracuse wants to see Syracuse in DC though. They're they're finally out of Greensboro. Uh, Jim Beheim yeah. leaves. They finally get out of Greensboro. <laughs> Uh, but what what when I asked you to come on the show today, I, I really wanted to ask you about Sunday. Uh, Virginia Tech women uh, just yeah. looked like a phenomenal atmosphere. Twenty-one uh, two run do, doesn't hurt things in that regard. Um, just the atmosphere there, but also what Kenny Brooks has done for women's basketball awareness and fandom, really statewide over the over the past few years. There, Michael, I would expand it out even further. I think what Virginia Tech has contributed to is a national awakening to to women's college basketball. Having made the Final Four last season and being part of a of a marquee grouping that included Caitlin Clark and Iowa and Kim Mulkey and LSU 
and Dawn Staley in, in South Carolina. Now, was Virginia Tech the newcomer to that group? Absolutely. But it, it also has these marketable marquee stars in, in Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor. And they play such an exciting brand of basketball. You know, we, we talked about UVA not being able to shoot. Well, Virginia Tech shot more than, or shot better than 50, better than 60% in the second half Sunday against North Carolina. They are fun to watch. They have won 10 in a row. They are the regular season champs of the ACC, at least a share for the first time. They'll be top seed in the conference tournament. They are absolutely a threat to return to the Final Four. And, and not only that, I mean, the, the landscape is so much better across the board. It, it used to be in the women's tournament, and obviously I'm I'm stereotyping here, but it'd be wait till the final four. You know who's yeah. going to be there. Those are the four. Mm-hmm. Those are the games worth watching. I I think you're going to have even Sweet Sixteen games this year, where you say either of these teams could win it all if they get through this. I, I believe you're right, and you, you look just at, at the ACC. You know, Virginia Tech's current winning streak includes road wins over four ranked opponents. And folks who follow the women's game far more closely than I project that the ACC could have up to nine teams. Incredible in in the NCAA tournament. You know that kind of conference competition get you ready, gets you ready for the postseason. Tons of fun. David Teal joining us. You know him, Richmond.com, Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh, Jeff Jones retires yesterday, so I opened the show by talking about UMass making the move yesterday to the MAC, which obviously is a football-driven move. And I says, fascinating, that happened on a day we celebrated Jeff Jones, a guy who got got undercut by by a school moving conferences for a football team as bad as anybody. But, you know, you know him as well as anybody. I wrote a great column about him this morning after chatting with him. Um, the, the extent to which he impacted college basketball in this region American UVA Old Dominion and uh, it, it sounds like he's made at least as much peace as he can with with uh, his departure here he has Michael you know he's he, just a year younger than I he's 63 he's been at this for 41 years 32 as a head coach and would he like to keep going absolutely would he like to be a part of the fix? at Old Dominion, which has struggled the last two seasons. Absolutely. But he also knows that major college basketball coaching, you got to be all in. And you cannot do it half-baked. And as someone who is two months removed from a heart attack, as someone who has battled prostate cancer for almost a decade, he knows that he can't provide that all-in investment that the job entails and that he is accustomed to giving it. And therefore, he, he knew uh, after some, you know, some pretty extended reflection that this is the right time. And were there tears? Absolutely. But that's to be expected. And uh, he, he himself said that he's not sad. And that he's looking forward to, to what to what's next and finding service projects and you know he's he's very involved with Samaritan's feet and coaches versus cancer uh, things that I think he'll he'll continue to pursue uh, now that he's no longer a coach. Five hundred sixty wins. That's a uh, that's a record that speaks for itself right there. Uh, David Teal, uh, our time always feels too short, but I am excited to see you in person up in D.C. for a great week of basketball and uh, wish you the best uh, here in the next couple weeks. Before then, read his stuff in the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Richmond.com. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Be well. All right, off he goes, David Tia. We'll be up at the ACC tournament. Thanks to our good friends at Cowan Gates. Looking forward to a great week up there. Uh, Tech's got to tech's play its way out of that Tuesday game. We're uh, It's a Tech Tuesday right now up in D.C. 
And that's not a good thing. That's that's the play-in day. Uh, they, they run downhill down the stretch here, would certainly do themselves a, a lot of good to uh, to pick up uh, pick up a win tonight at Syracuse, as David Teal mentioned. That's a, that's a team you don't want to see right now. They're rounding into their form. They got Wake Forest at home Saturday. That won't be easy. Wake Forest continuing to play for its tournament life. But Louisville and Notre Dame, your last two. So if you could if you could steal one here this week, if you're the Hokies, if you could steal one, you get to run downhill, get get Louisville and Notre Dame your final two. Uh, never a given in the ACC, but that's as good a schedule as you could hope for. All right, we're with you until noon. AWOD Radio takes over 12-3. to 3. Uh, Fired up tomorrow, AWOD goes back to college. He'll be out of VCU. We'll join him after this show. Uh, all that fun on the other side of this. You're listening to MP on the mic now at 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM. Tuesday morning, 1046, flying up to the top of the hour. MP on the mic, 910, the fan, 105.1 FM, live worldwide on the Odyssey app. Washington Capitals, big winners last night, 6-3 win over Ottawa. Uh, the, the Capitals refuse to go away. Every time you write them off, they find a way to claw their way back into the discussion, stay on the fringe of being a playoff team, keep Alex Ovechkin relevant. Uh, we need that because we need a little need a little puck talk, particularly uh, once we get to April, once basketball's behind us. Would love a little, uh, love a little excuse to do some puck talk every now and then. And Capitals uh, hanging in there. They're not, uh, not, not dead yet. Not, uh, not alive yet either. But not dead yet. 63 points um, puts them right on, on pace with the Devils uh, there in the Metropolitan Division. Um, but right now they would not be in the playoffs. So the playoffs started today. Uh, they're, they're, they're four points back of the Flyers. Uh, Rangers, Hurricanes, Flyers, your top three in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, Rangers have uh, Zach Jones, the kid who's from uh, Glen Allen. We need to get him on the show sometime. Uh first NHL player ever who is from Richmond. Uh, he's a defenseman for the New York Rangers. He's up and down. He's like sometimes he's on the minor league team, sometimes he's on the major league team. Uh, cool to cool to have a local rooting interest though uh, when these things happen for sure. Alright, uh, Hazel I promised we'd talk about this. Um, have you ever watched a TV show Survivor? An episode or two. Okay. Uh, no fanatic. Awan has started uh a survivor survivor pool in the office uh, that. which sure I don't even know the, the mechanics of this how this works well, can, can you tell me what was your reaction when you read the email well I was most focused on the picture that came after the email <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was adam epstein uh with fewer clothes than i would uh hope you would be wearing at any it, given it was moment. an epstein <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was it was the full awad yeah uh, yeah minus <laughs> minus uh you know the the choice bits that you can't include <laughs> what 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 was your reaction to watching the show survivor well i'm very impressed just shocked I mean, they're so talented, and yet it's so scary. They're in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, that, I sounds guess... like you're on board. I mean, <laughs> yeah? it sounds like we got another Survivor Survivor Pool <laughs> member. I have promised Awad that I will watch this week's episode of Survivor. It airs. It airs tomorrow while we're at the basketball game, right? Yeah, I'll got, be watching Thursday night. I got DVR. Don't worry. Yeah, I got DVR. Yeah. We're good. It's it's 2024. We have the technology. We have the technology. I'm also folks. willing to give out my Paramount Plus password Ooh. to anybody that wants it. <laughs> on th- on PPP. Paramount Plus password. Give it out. <laughs> the triple P's. Yeah. Uh, surely you can watch it. With, well, I guess maybe you can't watch it without the password anymore. I don't know. Um, by the way, your guy, Zach Joaquim, was so mad at me for not knowing who Kate Abdo, like how famous she was, <laughs> like for not fully appreciating how famous Kate Abdo is. Like, yeah, he, he, basically, he was like, "You should have canceled your flight to hang out with her," um, which maybe I should, have. maybe I should have. Uh, back so in, Zach was hyped for that interview. Bag of Bud Light, big game week in, yeah. in Las Vegas. So I will watch an entire episode of Survivor for the first time in my life. You've on, never watched a whole episode. I've never watched a full episode. That's You've kind seen of snippets. Wild. I like. I mean, how long ago was that? That season one was like a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> 
Uh, I think I was like 13. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I remember my parents were like, Adam, stop playing video games in the basement. Come watch this show with us. And I've been hooked ever since. You asked me what was, you asked Hazel, what, what was your first reaction when you heard the, when you read the email? My first reaction was, I can't believe that show's still on the air. <laughs> um, not only that, it appears to still be wildly successful. Oh, social media era has been great for the show. I was once on a podcast. Um, oh, did you do Surviving Snyder? I did do Surviving Dude, Snyder. Brandon Shapiro comes on the show. Great guy. Yeah, he was a good dude. He, yeah. he said, will you come on my podcast? We talk about Survivor and the Redskins. Yeah. And I said, I've never watched. He said, that's okay. We, you know, we like you. We'll have you on. <laughs> so he had me on Surviving Snyder. Um, and, you know, they were doing bits about who had been immunity that week or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. And and yeah, I, I just nodded along and then, then weighed in on my <laughs> part. I, that must be the most niche podcast in the world. Oh, it was so niche that after for- <laughs> Snyder left, they said, we have to drop the pod. Yeah. We can't do it anymore. We survived <laughs> Snyder. Good for us. For fans of the show Survivor who also hate Dan Snyder, boy, do we have the podcast for you. <laughs> Don't you hate having to go to two different podcasts to get all the information you need in life? Do you? Know, but there are like seven or eight successful Survivor podcasts. Like all, like a bunch of former oh, sure. winners have yeah. their own. Yeah. Uh, I think Dalton Ross is another one that yeah. he does the Surviving Snyder. He also does another one that's only on that's Survivor. That's the guy. Yeah, Dalton Ross. Yeah. yeah. Um, 2000. Show debuted in Y2K. Yeah. In 2000. So I was, wow. I was eight years old then. How about that? It, <laughs> it, there, it's possible I watched a Survivor in in those first seasons, yeah, they were they were huge, huge. And the thing is, the great thing is, is they're all available. So if you get hooked and you're like, oh, I want to go find out about On the, the greatest villain of all time, <laughs> go back and watch the Russell Hance season. Okay, that guy was a, I mean, he was just the man. My uh, He's my a villain. My father-in-law has seen every episode, of really? every season. There you Let's go. Let's get him in on the Survivor there you go. Survivor Absol- pool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll bring friends and Dave, family. Dave's in. Dave, you're in on the Survivor Survivor I love pool. Love that. Fantastic. Uh, TV Guide ranked it as the 39th best television show of all time. I'm missing out. It's in my top five. I'm missing out. <laughs> oh, wait, I I don't even think I have it. I mean, mine would all be comedies: The Office, Parks and Rec. Really? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, you don't put The Wire up there? Well, sure. Sopranos, The Wire. Um, You know, I I feel like if you had asked me at a certain point, Game of Thrones would have been on there. But then after the finish, it's like everybody's pretended that never happened. Yeah, I still think (laughs) that the heart of Game of Thrones, like the Battle of the Bastards, the Red Wedding, was up there of the greatest television of all time. It just, you know, ended bad, you know? Um, Seinfeld probably... In, in not friends, but Seinfeld. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll skew Seinfeld over friends. Are in, you in a that. curb guy? Sure, yeah. Curb. Have you seen the most recent season? No, I haven't seen this Dude, season yet at all. It's funny. <laughs> it's knee slapper. It's funny. It's really good. <laughs> it, that show's produced so many great memes, too. Oh, yeah. Over the years. Yeah. Um, I don't think Curb is in my top 60 television shows of all time. I Like, it's too inconsistent, but when it hits, it hits good. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good, for sure. Um, trying to think what what have i the diplomats i enjoyed the diplomats on netflix yeah, that's pretty good. I, I thought that was really good yeah um put that on the list did you ever do uh not the viking show but the other one that was similar to the viking show what was that called? Ooh, i don't i don't know we'll look up what the viking show what so survivor do they do they is it the same show or do they do they freshen it up the last kingdom was the show i'm talking about survivor but, every season is new contestants but, but, but like, they, is, is the yes. concept of the game the same? The concept is the same. They've added things, like they added Survivor coins. Okay. That if you collected, you could buy things. They've added immunity idols. Now, the, the new hip thing is is that not every immunity idol is a real immunity idol. Some of them are fake immunity idols. Some of them are bad immunity idols, so they make it so that you don't have a vote. So they're, they are switching it up slightly. All right, but I'll be able to jump right in. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, Jeff Probst. From Wichita, Kansas. No way. Just like me. That's great. Just like me. There you go. Moved to Bellevue, Washington halfway through high school. I didn't do that. But. He is, I mean, he's just got such a sweet gig. Yeah. Right? He just goes twice a year. He goes to an island, <laughs> you know, gets pampered, lives a five-star life, and says, Survivor's ready? Go! That's it. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Adam Sandler, all his movies now are like set in Hawaii. Yeah. Every Adam Sandler movie That's a good point. now has Just it. Go with it. Like, they're all there now. Yeah, I was, yeah. What? If, all right. That's a great concept for a movie. But what if? Hear me out. What if we set it in Hawaii? Right. Murder <laughs> mystery two. They're on a yacht, and then they and then they're in some a mafia coast or something. Yeah. Yes. 
That's right. a good business plan. And he always says, and you know what? I'm happily married, but I need Jennifer Aniston. She's got to be there. Jennifer Aniston's got to be there. Yeah. And I would like to hang out with Jennifer Aniston. She she puts off cool vibes. Absolutely. I she's, think so. She's welcome on the show anytime. Absolutely. Let uh, her know. <laughs> hour number two on tap. David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Richmond.com, joins us on the other side. We'll talk all things in the world of college basketball. You're listening to MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 